we're going to begin a new series uh, entitled Fish Face. Fish Face. You ever drive, be driving along and you see on the back of the cars, there's that, that fish symbol, right? Fish. What is the deal with that? I want to talk to you about um, the fish life. And uh, th this morning, in fact, I want to begin this series uh, talking to you about tank, this, this issue of tank living. Galatians says this, Galatians 5 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Now that, by the way, is a powerful truth to understand. It's a powerful truth to understand because so many people are convinced that they want to, at the very least, they want to delay having a relationship with God, making this connection with Christ, because they're concerned about all of the things that they will give up. They're concerned about all the restrictions, all the so-called restrictions that Christianity brings, which is an absolute untruth. Paul said correctly when he said, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. In fact, Jesus himself said this, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. So this morning, I want to talk to you about living beyond the tank. All right? I want to talk to you about that. Now, now as we do that, I want to this morning, I want to pose some, some what ifs for you. What ifs? And I'd like you to consider. What if? What if? What if Ben Franklin had, had died during his electricity experiment? How, how different would our world be? What if, what if JFK did not come to a diplomatic resolution during the Cuban Missile Crisis? What if, what if prohibition had never been repealed? What if, what if Obama, uh, uh, what if Osama bin Laden, what if he died in 1980? What if Al-Qaeda was successful in their car bombing of the towers in 1993? Today, as we remember the 15th anniversary of 9-11, our, our world could be very different. What if, what if the attacks on 9-11 were not successful. What if? What, what, what if Bill Gates Middle School had never bought that computer from a garage sale? What if? What if is the seed of question? What if is often the seed of doubt? What if fuels the seed of fear? What if it's often the birthplace of isolation? What if is the source of what I call the tank life? It's what most of us live. It's, it's manageable. It's, it's comfortable. It's safe. We live in a defined, 
confined world. It's, it's routine, it's habitual, it's, it's normal. We do the same thing day after day. We swim from one end of the tank to the other. And yet, God offers so much more. So much more. So much more. What if? This morning I have a few more questions I'd like for you to ponder. What is the dream that God has for me? What would I attempt today if I knew that I would not fail? What are the obstacles in life that are preventing me from experiencing all that God has for me? And what if I surrendered those things to God? Because you were made to live free. You were designed to experience your dream. Christ set you free simply for you to be free. And and this morning, I believe this. I believe that it is not an accident that you're here. You're not here simply because it's your routine. You're not here simply because a friend convinced you to come. You're here because it's part of God's design for you, it's part of his divine plan for you. And God has brought you here because he wants you to step into a new dimension of freedom. Because the word of God is true when it says that he who the Son sets free is free in, indeed. It is true that God's word makes very clear in Galatians 5 that it is for freedom. It is absolutely for freedom that God has set you free. And understand this, friend. What God wants to do is not confine you. What God wants you to do is he wants you to walk in liberty. He wants you to walk in freedom today. And here's what he wants to do. He wants to set you free from addiction. He wants to set you free from pain. He wants to set you free from habitual sin. He wants to set you free and allow you to live this life where you're where you're Well, you're swimming. Why don't you take your Bibles and turn with me to John the 8th chapter. John chapter 8. New Testament. I'm in the middle of the book. Uh, New Testament. The Bible's uh, divided into two sections. Old Testament, New Testament. New Testament starts Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. In John John chapter 8, Jesus is talking with this group of religious people called the Pharisees, and and he's talking with them about how misguided they are and and trying to explain to them the understanding of of who he is and and why he has come. And and he's talking to them about this issue of freedom and being able to to live in freedom. And in this this portion of the Bible, I I believe this. I believe that there there are four powerful principles that will help us to understand how to live outside of the tank, how to swim free, how to live truly free. And, and, and the first thing that we have to do is this, is, is we have to address the reality of our tank life. We have to address the reality of that which confines us. And, and I want you to know this in John chapter 8, it says this starting in verse 30, it says, even as he spoke, even as Jesus spoke, many put their faith in him. 
To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And in verse 33, they give their response. They answered him. They say this, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? It's an interesting response. We are the descendants of Abraham. We have never been slaves to anyone. Now, I want you to understand culturally where we're at. I want you to understand historically what is happening. Jesus is speaking to this group of Pharisees. They are Israelites. They are right now under the oppressive hand of the Roman regime. They are in essence in bondage, in slavery to this, to the, to this, this Roman military power. It's not the first time this has happened to the children of Israel. Can, can, I, can I remind you of the story of Moses? Right? When Moses came to set the people free, where were they at? They were in bondage. They were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. How about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Where were they? They were slaves in Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar. The children of Israel had been slaves to Egypt. They had been in slavery to the Persians. They had been in slavery to the Assyrians. They had been in, in slavery to the Babylonians. They had been in slavery over and over and over again, and yet they say this in arrogance and ignorance, we've never been in slavery. We've never been in slavery. We live our lives free. Friends, we tend to do the same thing. We tend to deny those issues in life, those situations that we find ourselves in, those relationships that keep us bound, those habits that keep us down, and we say this, I live free, I'm a free man, I'm a free woman, and yet we live our lives in invisible shackles every day. We're a slave to that habit. We're a we're an addict to that issue. Oh, Ed, I, I'm not an addict. I've, I've never taken a drug in my life. You know, the issue of addiction, friends, it comes in many shades and many colors. And it has this voice and it calls to us. First John says it true when it says this, if we claim to be without issue, what the Bible calls sin, if we claim to be without sin, we are self-deceived. We deceive ourselves and, and the truth is not in us. The reality is that the world works very hard to keep us in the tank. It, it's, it's because there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. It's because there's a great advocate, Jesus. There's also a great adversary, Satan. And, and, and Satan wants to use even the pleasures of this world. He wants to use them to try to confine you. To keep you bound. can't tell you how many times I've I've talked with a, a friend, a, a family member, a loved one, even a sibling who has said this. And I, I appreciate what you tell me about God, but 
I'm, I'm not willing to give up my freedom. As they're reaching for the bottle. That illusion of freedom. It's not really there. The only way we know true freedom is in that freedom that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone provides. Jesus replies to these religious people who say, we've never been free. He says this, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And a slave has no permanent place in the family. In other words, a slave is without identity. It's, it's important that we, that we admit our, our tank lifestyle. It's also important that we, um, we come to grips with the high price that tank living requires. Okay? And, and here, here's, here's what I want you to know. This. We're all we're wired this way. And I believe this. I believe we're wired this way because God wired us this way. You were wired to experience. You were wired by God because you were made by God. You were made in his image. You were made in his likeness. You were wired by God to enjoy. In fact, here's what it tells us about Jesus. It says this, that, that when Jesus came during his time on earth, that Jesus came enjoying life, the word of God tells us. And so you're, you're designed to do this. You're designed to enjoy. You're designed to experience. And in that, you're going to experience highs and lows. There are, there are pleasure centers that are, that, are, that are located within the human brain. That, that when activated, they will, they will give you experiences of euphoria. Uh, they'll give you experiences of pleasure. They'll give you all these different things, okay? And it's part of the daily cycle that we experience. And, and during the day, we'll go through naturally occurring periods that make us feel comfortable, that make us feel happy, that make us feel fulfilled, okay? We also go through periods uh, that will cause us to... Uh, question, have negative uh, feelings, uh, anxiety, insecure, insecurity, discomfort. And, and humans are highly reinforced by the positive feelings of pleasure. And, and we want to experience the euphoria uh, again and again. But that's not all that there is with life, right? Life has ebb and flow to it. And so here's what we do. We get, we get caught up in this cycle of, of chasing after the euphoria. But the, the problem is we end up getting, we end up getting stuck, okay? So let me, for, for example, let me, hi, you are? Sydney. What is it again? Sydney. Sydney, come here. So thank you for volunteering today. <laughs> I know you didn't know you were going to, but um, I, I want to use you for an experiment, okay? I want, I, want, I, want to, I want to show you something, okay? So I want to give you that, Okay. And uh, that's, that's for, for you to keep. You don't have to do anything to earn that. Um, that's $20. So you can, you can, you know, take her for ice cream or do whatever, we want to do, do, do whatever you want to do with that. How do you feel when somebody gives you money and you didn't have to do anything to get it? 
So, like like when, when I handed that to you, it was like, hey, this is all right, huh? You're like, I, I'm glad I came to church today, yes, right? It's a great feeling, okay? You, were you expecting to get $20? No. no, okay? So here's the thing. So watch this. So there's another $20, okay? So now how do you feel? Even better? Even better? Okay, well, hold on. Let's see. Here's, here's another one. Okay. So here's what, I want, here's what I want to tell you. Okay. You feel pr- pretty good right now. Yes, Believe it or not, at a certain point, your feeling is going to change. Right. right? At a certain point, that euphoria that you feel, it goes away. Okay. And, and what happens is this, is you become very connected to this. And if I stopped, oh, hold on, here's another one, okay? But if, if I stop giving you $20 bills, at, at some point, you're going to be disappointed. Because you're going to go, that's it? Seriously? 80 bucks? All I get is 80 bucks? Give me that, you ungrateful. No, 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 no I'm not going to take that from you. No, no, no. In fact, here, here's one more. Okay? Now. Here's, I want you to grasp this, okay, that, that when we first experience something new, it, it, has this, it has this way of just creating sensation in our body. But it goes from creating sensation to expectation. And then it goes from expectation to control. The first time an alcoholic ever took a drink, the joy that they felt was powerful. The first time that, that individual turned on a screen and, 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 and saw those images of, of somebody's daughter that they shouldn't be looking at, what they felt was almost indescribable. But, but very quickly, those feelings of euphoria kind of faded and, 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 and then it, it went from euphoria to expectation and then it went from expectation to need and that which provided pleasure now the only hope is that it will somehow ease the pain and that's true with everything even even, even money. If, if I stand in here over time, the, the euphoria of receiving $20 bills would get less and less. And you'd actually become addicted to this. And instead of being something that brings pleasure to you, it now becomes something that controls you. God wants you to walk in freedom. He doesn't want you to be controlled by anything. He wants you to live your fullest potential. I appreciate you coming and help me. That's for you to keep. We, uh, you see how, see how quickly addiction can happen, okay? And, and we, we think about this idea of addiction and we think of it being these, these vices. But the enemy will try to keep you bound in a myriad of different ways. Inappropriate relationships, activities, 
Let me talk to you, let me talk to you about a, a powerful addiction. Technology. Imagine going a week without being able to access technology. Some of you just broke out into a cold sweat. And we live, whether we want to admit it or not, we live, far too many of us, we live a life where this activity, this habit, this issue, this thing, this person, that originally brought euphoria. And here's what happens, okay? What the enemy uses to keep us bound are two things. Arousal. Because what arousal does is it gives us a feeling of power. Or he also uses um, um, pleasure, okay? Satiation. An overabundance of pleasure. And, and, and the reason for that is understand this. As, as a child, the, the two basic things that even as an infant that we crave is the idea of having power. Okay? And the idea of having control. Arousal makes us feel like we have power. <laughs> pleasure makes us feel like we have control you know a child what's one of the first things that a child will say mine 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 and and it's it's human nature to want to have power it's human nature to want to have control I'm convinced of this I'm convinced that God placed that within us with intentionality to where we would pursue the dream that he has for us. But the enemy knows that and he, he, he turns that. It robs us of our identity. It robs us of our hope. And instead, we become controlled by, defined by, confined by, enslaved by these issues in our life. It's interesting to me. Well, interesting is probably not the best term. It's tragic to me that so many people view Christianity as defining, confining, restraining. Now part of that is because the religious community has sold you a bill of goods. And what they've done is they've told you that if you believe and you behave, then you can belong. If you believe and you behave, then you can belong. Which was absolutely counter to what God's word says. It's absolutely counter to what Jesus demonstrated. Here's what Jesus demonstrated. Belong, believe, 
become. Belong, believe, become. So what does the world tell us and what does much of the religious community tell us that, that Christianity is? Believe, behave. Actually, you don't even have to believe as long as you behave. Right? If you behave, then you can belong. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Belong, believe, become. Belong, believe, become. And so what we do is this. When we're invited to come to church for friend day, we go, all right, we got to clean up. Seriously. Let's, let's go into the closet. Let's figure out what we can wear. You're, you're not wearing that to church. Seriously? That's what you're going to wear to church? Do you know what those people, like that, those people, do you know what those people are going to think if you walk in wearing that? Well, who are they to judge me? They're no better than me. You're absolutely correct. (laughs) We have to do this. We have to do this different. Because if you're not careful, listen, if you're not careful, what happens is this, is religion becomes the very thing that the enemy uses to keep you confined. And that's not what Jesus said. He said, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Well, I got news for you, Ed. My church experience is this. Don't smoke, don't dance, don't drink, don't chew, don't hang around with those that do. That's... That's a group of people that Jesus is talking to in John chapter 8. The Pharisees, the religious people, the rules and regulations people. And Jesus says to them, listen, you're, you're in bondage, you're in slavery. And they said, no, we're not. He said, oh, yes, you are. Understand this, you are. And you need to address the reality of your tank life and admit the high price that tank living requires and then accept the connection that brings tank-free living. Listen to what it says in John 8, 35. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. See, this is, this is what true Christianity is. It's, it's not about the way I act. It's not about following the guidelines that that some religious order sets out. It's about being connected in a genuine relationship with the one who created me. Where, Where I can honestly embrace the fact that he is my spiritual father And I am his dearly loved child. Now, for some of us, this concept is tough because we because we grew up in a crazy dysfunctional home. Okay? I'm right there with you. Okay? My 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 home is 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 just as crazy as the next. And and here's here's what I will tell you is that everybody's normal until you get to know them, and then you discover this that the vast majority of us are dysfunctional. Okay? (laughs) 
um, you know, the, the, the vast majority of us, we've got stories to tell, right? And uh, it's a comedy, it's a tragedy, it's, it's all that all, all rolled up in one. And I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, for those of you that haven't heard my story, people often look at me and they go, oh, if you, you don't know what it's like. Well, let me tell you, I'm the 12th of 13 children. My father died when I was seven years old. My mother met a guy in a bar that was a violent drunk and a child abuser. Uh, when my father died, my family lost everything, and so we grew up in abject poverty. Um, I, um, I lived in a home where the police would camp outside of our home because of all the illegal activity that happened in our home growing up. My brothers were some of the biggest drug dealers uh, in Lee County, Florida. And um, just a, kind of an interesting world to grow up in. First day of school, my junior year in high school, I was hit by a drunk driver on my way home from football practice. I was riding a bike, and as I lay in hospital bed, God spoke to me and said, it could have been more than your leg, it could have been your life, where would you spend eternity? And I said, okay, God, fine, you've got 90 days. I will pray, read my Bible, go to church, all the things I thought that Christians were supposed to do, right? And uh, you got 90 days, and if you can't prove yourself real in 90 days, I don't want anything to do with you. So I did, I got out of the hospital, I went to church, and you know what? Let me tell you what the church people did. They looked at me and they were like, what are you doing here? Uh, no, you cannot sit by us. Go sit over there. Because uh, you do not fit in our tank. But I love the fact that God had something better in store. So people will ask me, you know, so what are you? I always love, I love that when people ask me, so what are you? Well, it all depends on the day. Uh, what are you? You know? You pastor this Assembly of God Church, what are you? So are you like Baptist? Are you like, I said, no, we're um, really not like anything. Um, we're, uh, we're people that don't live in the tank. We do this song here called Freedoms. No more shackles, no more chains. Free. And, and that freedom is found when I accept this relationship that God makes available to me. It's not, it's not by works of righteousness. It's, it, it's not by... Uh, achieving some degree of holiness. It's, it's not any of that. Amen. See, the Bible says this. It says that each one of us are imperfect. For all have sinned. Sin. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is... Anything that is not perfection. And because we're imperfect, we have all sinned. And it says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and have fallen short of what God's original plan was for mankind. And the result of that, the wages of sin is death. Okay, So you're imperfect. You're imperfect, that means you're a sinner. And the fact that you're a sinner means that what you deserve is this, is you deserve death, being eternally separated from God. Now, that'd be a pretty bad piece of information to receive 
If it weren't for the fact that the Bible goes on, it says this. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift. I want to pause on that for a second because I want you to grasp that. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Not, not through what I do, through Jesus Christ. Okay. So, my imperfection, your imperfection, it enslaves us, it imprisons us. God wants us to be free. There is cause and effect, right? Cause and effect. Cause of sin puts us in bondage. We're deserving of death. Something has to be done to counteract that. God becomes man in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. Lives a perfect life. And so in living a perfect life, he did not deserve death. And yet... He still is crucified. A horrible execution. Put on a cross. But what that does is this. It really does something absolutely remarkable. Because Jesus, God made flesh, because Jesus dies on the cross... For sins he didn't commit. And God is just. Jesus then becomes the gift for us or the gateway for us to be reconnected with God. Because even though I have sinned, and make no mistake, friend, I have sinned. And I don't deserve this connection with God. Jesus paid the price for my sin. And what he did on the cross. And so if, if I simply say, okay, God, my sin, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And I recognize what I deserve. But Jesus paid that price on the cross. And, and I accept the gift that he makes available to me of being free from sin. I, I, want, I want, God, I want that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what it says in John's Gospel, John 3, 16. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is through Jesus and Jesus Christ alone that I can be free. I cannot break free from, you cannot break free from the 
imprisoning nature of sin. The imprisoning nature, the confining nature of the imperfections in our life. This stuff that calls us, this stuff that draws us. But through Jesus Christ, we can live free. Now, yeah. Now here's what's, here's what's interesting to me. That so many Christians still live shackled. Right? So many Christians still live shackled. We still live stuck. Why? Well, I'm convinced that the biggest reason is because we don't understand God's plan for living outside the tank. And we try to attain righteousness, the life that we think that as Christians we're supposed to live, holiness, call it whatever you want. We try to do it on our own instead of accepting what Jesus Christ makes available to us. And because I try to break free from these bondages on my own, here's what I find. I find this, that they just, they just pull me back in. There is, there is nothing that you walked into this room with No controlling issue in your life. No unhealthy relationship. No um, habitual issue. No addictive behavior. That is too big for God to set you free from. But the key is this. (laughs) It's acknowledging it. Coming to grips with the high price that it costs. Accepting God's plan to get rid of this in your life. And then allowing God to bring you into open water. Let me, let me, let me, let me read this portion of John chapter 8 that we've been talking about. Even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. This is John 8.30 going into 8.31. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him and said, We're Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replies, He says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. See, it says this. You were called to be free. You were called to be free. You were called to be free. God wants you to live your life with a smile on your face, a song in your heart, a swing in your step.
I have, uh, I've been a pastor for right at 30 years. And you know what I found? I found this. There are two types of church people. They're the angry church people. You all know them. Maybe you're one of them. I'm not here to judge. But the angry church people, they're always upset about something. Right? And they can tell you what you're doing wrong. They're really good at it. They have lists. Right? I've been in churches where women would walk up to a girl and they'd have a tape measure and they would measure the length of the dress. Uh, sister, that's, mm, that's not, you're about an inch and a half too short. Right? Where they'd look at a man and go, let me talk to you about your hair. Or, seriously, you're a man and you have an earring in your ear? Oh. Boy, when you get to heaven, no telling what God's going to do to you. I don't want to be standing too close to you. There'll be a strong smell of sulfur. Right? We've been around those people. Then there are those people that confess to be Jesus followers, right? Might even call themselves Jesus freaks. They always have this grin on their face, right? They're always smiling. They're they're always happy. In fact, they're so happy that sometimes you just want to punch them in the face. (laughs) Do you know what I've discovered? Those people, they figured something out. Right? Seriously, they figured something out. They figured out that that's the way that God wants you to live. He wants you to live free. It's time for you to be free. And and for some of you, that means this. It means for the very first time saying, okay, God, I acknowledge that you are there. I acknowledge that you exist. I felt you in the worship service. I feel you even tugging at my heart right now. So God, I acknowledge that you exist. I admit that I can't do it on my own, that my life is like living in a tank. And God, I I still have some questions. There are some things about this whole Jesus thing and, and Christianity thing that I don't understand, I don't get. And there's some of it that seriously, God, freaks me out. But I... I get enough of it. And more than that, I, I see the lives of some of these people. And, and God, I, I want what they want. I, I want what I sense in my heart that you're wanting to give to me. And so God, I, I just, I've been trying to do it my way. I've been trying to find happiness and peace and all that. I've been trying to find it my way, but God, I've, I, I've come to the point that I want to I try it your way. And here's what I know. I know you're here this morning, and, 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 and man, you're at that place. And I want you to know that that's a good place to be. 
And there are a lot of people that are just like you that are here today and they're coming to that decision for the very first time. There are a group of people that are here that that at some point in the past, they were in the exact same spot as you and, and they came to that decision as well. And here's what I will tell you. I could go around the room and, and person after person after person would tell you it's the best decision they ever made in their life. And, and, and people who have this genuine connection with God, you'll never hear them talk about what they had to give up. Because I didn't have to give up anything to come to Jesus. Let me say it again. I didn't have to give up anything to come to Jesus. Now, there, there were some things that no longer had a hold on me. Right? Before I came to Christ, even as a teenager, I was drunk more than I was sober. You know what? When I came to Christ, that no longer had a hold on me. I didn't have to give it up, but I no longer needed it. That's just a great thing, right? And there are some of you that are, you're here and, 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 and you, you've made this decision to, and you, you would qualify yourself as a Christian, as a Christ follower. And yet, life is very confined for you. And you have these things in your life that Man, they started out providing some pleasure, kind of like that $20 bill. But it's gone from pleasure all the way through expectation, and now it's, oh, please let it just pacify the pain. God still accepts you as you are. That's not true just at the salvation experience. God still accepts you as you are. And he's still calling you, saying, I want you to surrender that to me. I want you to surrender those things that keep you shackled. I want you to surrender them to me. So God, I thank you for what you're doing now in this place, in this space. I thank you for the freedom. The freedom that you're making available to each and every one of us right now. God, I know this. I know that you are real. I also know that Satan is real. And I know right now that he's trying to get into people's heads and convince them to not surrender to you. But I thank you, God, that today your voice is bigger. I thank you today, God, that your presence is bigger. I thank you today, God, that today is the day that all across this room that people are being once and for all set free. And I speak freedom into their situation right now in Jesus' name.